it is time for another edition of Inferno Soccer Insiders. That's right. Co-host Edwin Perez and Jerry Walker are back, and we got to go with our usual start. Jerry, how are you doing, my man? Dude, I'm doing well. I'm ready to grind out this last month of the school year. ASU soccer, big dub this last weekend. Two important games this upcoming weekend. I don't. I'm I'm killing it. How about you? How's life going with you? It's great. You know, it's it's been a been busy. As you said, we're in the final month, so it's starting to pick up. Like things are starting to pick up for ASU uh, women's soccer. So let's talk about the team and. Last time we, we talked, it was with Jess Hale. We definitely recommend it. It was a great conversation we have with her, so check it out if you haven't. But this week, we're going to focus on the game analysis and talk about University of Arizona matchup. Well, we didn't talk about the UCLA one that just happened this past weekend and preview the matchup for it. Just so you guys are aware that this is this podcast, we will talk about that University of Arizona matchup. That's what we'll do right off the bat. Uh, undefeated, no more. Uh, ASU drops a game. Uh, they lost the first one. It was going to happen. I mean, as much as we wanted to uh, see it, see them go undefeated and everything, they, they finally got caught. And it, sadly, it was against their rivals down south in University of Arizona. Jerry, me and you both took the trip down there and uh, things did not go as planned. I mean, I, I think that's a simple way to put it. How, how did you see that game? Yeah, it just wasn't the same ASU team we saw previously in the season. Kind of struggled offensively to really get a grip of the ball and like control any of the tempo. It was a tough crowd. There were quite a few U of A students or fans, I believe, just heckling every chance they could. It, it's one of those games. It's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. For all we know, it could have been a 3-0 ASU win. It could have been 3-0 loss. Ends up being 1-0. You kind of got to put it behind you, and we saw them do just that with the UCLA game. Yeah, it definitely was one of their worst performances of the year. You know, it you can you can label it the worst or whatever, and we're not going to get specific as that. But it's definitely at the end of the day, you look at the per- performance, you just forget about it. I mean, the offense wasn't clicking as you mentioned. The defense, it was it was there, but I mean, they they couldn't. Uh, it wasn't their best game, you know, organizationally. They had their little miscues with uh, Cascapera, with all those things added up at the end. The midfield that, you know, typically is their one of their stronger suits of the game, maybe their strong suit. Well, it seemed like there wasn't as present or as much a, much of a force in the game. So it seemed like all of that added up. And I think a big element for me that I want to discuss is injuries. You know, they're, 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 ACS face multiple injuries. Bildon Cardessler and Isabel de Hockey's uh, – has been out since the the last home game, actually, matter of fact, which was Washington, if I am not wrong, University of Washington, when it was a physical matchup, one-on-one draw. So, I mean, ever since then, it's been, uh, at least for, for my opinion, I'm going to ask you right afterwards, I think it's been pretty obvious that they, they missed those two players and what they can bring. And then they added another injury with Lucy Johnson, so three big players missing. So, I mean, is that just one of the reasons why this team didn't maybe perform as well down there in Tucson? I mean, it might have been. We've seen how important both Isabel de Hockeys and Vildan Cardesler have been this season. And it, you kind of need that extra spark, that extra something. And I think both either of those players could have given it that game. But since, that first, since, that, since they've been hurt, it's been not the terrible. It's been a two wins, a draw, and a loss for ASU. But it, the 
they're definitely noticeable missing out those key players. I think, it, at least to me, I mean, you, you could go on the longest point. I think it's the attack that's missing those players more than anything because the way that Isabel creates, because, I mean, she plays that central defensive mo- uh, midfield role very well. But the thing that she does, she carries the ball forward very, uh, very great, kind of uh, getting the balls to the wings and all that. And Velon Cardessler on the wing, you know, kind of makes plays. She, she can go on her individual runs and create special things to kind of draw away attention from Nicole Douglas and then finally find her in a cross or in a little play. So I think it's the attack that's missing. I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And just like another thing on to that, do you think that playing the three previous games before the Arizona game all went to overtime? Do you think that played a role in the performance that we saw, kind of like a little slower at all? Yeah, I mean, we both mentioned it. It's going to eventually catch up to you. Like they have weeks until their next game. But I mean, going back to back physical – it's not only tough on you physically, but mentally, you know, it, soccer is a mental game as much as, you know, people want to say it's just physical and all that. It's a mental one too, all about positioning and all that. And so when you're going back to back to back extra time games, you're exhausted on that aspect. And then you're going to go back on the pitch and in your, in your mind, that's on, in the back of your head, you're going to be drained out a little bit. So it's, it's going to hurt you a little bit. It, well, it's not the biggest factor. Maybe it's one of the reasons why they came off with a little bit of a sluggish start. But, I mean, it, you got to say it, it was it was something. You know, it's something that maybe hurt them at, at the long run. Um, do, I mean, do you feel that same way? Yeah, I mean, it's tough playing three very tough, intense games back to back to back. Even with that, like you mentioned, that week in between. And even the game before, we know Washington State got canceled, but that USC game, was still you had to play a full tough 90 minutes there. So and just I think after a while your body just needs that break a little bit. And we may have seen that break against Arizona, which is the perfect time to do it with what, three weeks left in the season? A little over, actually a little over two weeks, sixteen days until that final game of the regular season, that rematch with Arizona. Exactly. And you mentioned it there. This matchup against Arizona means that they're not undefeated. They're they're not undefeated anymore. But it was a non-conference matchup since uh, they're going to face their rival again. So in conference play, they stand undefeated. I mean, that result, in, in my head, the big headline was Lucy Johnson's injury as well. She had to come off the field. And another thing that I highlighted, because me and you had discussions on our trip back about specific players that impressed us. And uh, one player that I pointed out was Corey Sullivan. And oh, how she showed up big in the bounce back game against UCLA. Absolutely. What a performance that was, and what a way what a way to get her first goal back since that that tough injury she had. So that was, yeah. that was a pretty cool thing to see. Exactly, and let me just outline it for you guys before we get jump into you know full details about the UCLA game. But Arizona State uh, got the win in overtime versus UCLA. Again, we mentioned overtime, another overtime game. Here we came. Uh, they scored a uh, goal late in the second half. It came all the way in the 82nd minute. They were trailing since the 16th minute. They came back, got the goal, and even rewarded to anyone on the team. They said it was just an ACU goal. It was a bit of a scramble, just of a goal. But then when it came to extra time, whatever happened that night, missed didn't matter. And that's when the attack showed up. Nicole Douglas whipped it in for Corey Sullivan, who got a goal. And you can you see not only how much it means to the program and the win and all that, but how much it meant to Corey Sullivan. I mean, just to get that goal after you know everything she's been through. I mean, just it's been a while since we've seen her. Uh, score a goal so it, it truly was a special moment for the team yeah it was super cool to see that and against a team who was 
previously undefeated and ranked number three in the country. A real, I mean, I don't know, if, are they doing an NCAA tournament? If they are, it's a real contender for that. And just to do that on the road like that, great performance all around. Well needed, because uh, from from my understanding, again, we'll clear that up off the field. We'll talk about it next week, maybe more. Is that they will not be an NCAA tournament because I mean other conferences were already played, but this is huge because a lot of these players are young that they're coming back. People even we talked about last week, Jess Hill, she said she's she plans on returning and play with the team again. So not only they're going to get those returning players who are key to the team, but also they're getting the players that are going to even be better. You know they're going to have more experience. They're going to grow. Lucy Johnson's going to be in her second year. Ladon's going to be in her senior year in the sense because of transferring, but she's going to be growing with the team, you know, more comfortable. And a lot of these players are going to be seniors now. So this is the time for them to show up. So it's going to yeah. be absolutely huge on that end. Yeah, you're still going to have that core of Nicole Douglas her senior year, uh, Alexia Delgado senior year, Isabel DeHockey, Ava Van Dersen. All of these players are going to be coming back and just ready to make that next step forward, I would believe. It, exactly. It's it's because, as we mentioned before, it's not necessarily – it's been about growing with the program. I mean, it's, it's not only with the play, I mean, not with the coaches and, you know, what Linkworth's doing, because this, I mean, in my opinion, you can disagree with me. This has been the best year Coach Winkworth has uh, with this program, probably. And it's been a slow build for him, getting his right team. This has been a slow build for these players, and you mentioned it. I mean, Corey Sullivan in her freshman year, uh, she, she did not, she was not a starter, but eventually she built her way into it. She had a minister sophomore year, but then she's coming back into that form. Uh, Isabel the hockey's, you know, for, uh, again, she wasn't a starter back then. She's building up, and now she's a key player that they're currently missing, and you see the effects of it. So, I mean, all these players are growing into the roles even more and more. So, even more experience, and it's it, you're seeing it's blossoming right now. I mean, a win over a top ten program, I believe a program you haven't beat since it was like early two thousands from from what I read. So, a long time. So, just the win, uh, that win is just vital for ASU. Yeah. Absolutely. And on the road, like going to LA, it's not, not a super long trip, but it's the third weekend in a row that ASU has been on an away on a road trip. So I'm sure that takes a little bit of a toll into everything. So it makes it even more impressive, the performance that we saw. Yeah. I think that was a big question mark is how, how they perform on the road because it's been a little shaky. Again, this is not the, the best, best performance for the team. And I think coach Winkler said it himself, but it's a result. You get the win no matter no matter what, you know. It could be ugly or whatever. As long as you got the win, it's a win. Yeah, you got to so, get those dirty wins sometimes. Just grind them out. Exactly. Looking at the stats again before we preview the next matchup, I mean, this UCLA team had 15 shots compared to ASU's 12. Um, but at the end of the day, ASU did win. But th- does that worry you at all? I mean, just the chances that the other team getting. But let me, let me preface this, too. Gascapare only had to come up with two saves in the game. So 15 shots, only two saves. So I know we mentioned it last time, but does that still worry you that teams are getting 13 plus shots on ASU? Uh, I mean, you never want to see a ton of shots, but the fact that there were only three on target and Gascapare only had to make two saves shows that the defense is forcing not necessarily very good and contested shots, but it's, a little less than what we saw in the Arizona game where they had 17 shots total, six on target. So seeing that, just the transition and going back to the strong defense we've seen was, I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, it's not the, it's not the quantity, it's the quality as, as they say. And that's, that was ringing true with this team because 
if you just stat watch this team, I think the whole year, I think you'd be worried. But then if you actually look at results and actually watch the game, you you understand how impressive it has been. I think they've exceeded a lot of people's expectations, including including ourselves. So oh, I mean, at the beginning of the year, what were they? The Pac-12 of the Pac-12, they ranked to finish 12th in the league and are now currently top two or three. So that just shows the the skill and level that the team really does have underneath them. Yeah, and I mean, like you mentioned, they're exceeding my expectations, and they got placed 16th according to U.S. Soccer Coaches Poll, and according to NCAA Women's Soccer RPI, they are 13th. Now, if you ask Jerry and I how they come up with these polls, uh, we cannot. Uh, I mean, that's not a question for us, but we're just uh, labeling it as it is. I mean, what's your reaction to them being labeled 16th in the country? Is that is that a fair assessment from for their performance this year? I mean, seeing them being ranked 16th, because correct me if I'm wrong, I believe we, ASU was ranked 16th going into that Arizona game, lost, dropped down to only 21st, or maybe even, maybe a little lower. I think they went 24. 24, they dropped to 24, and then a win against UCLA bounced them right back to where they were oh, before the loss. So I think it's a very fair representation. And if we see the Sun Devils up, or beat U, U of A again, or beat U of A in the second game, I could see him being even higher ranked. Yeah, I, and I, I really want to see the team back at full strength, the way that they're performing, even without their key players. I mean, imagine what they could do if, if they're fully healthy and like that. So I think with what, what's been going on, I think a lot of these polls want to see them more consistent. That's why they might not have them in the top 15 yet. So for, but for what, entering the year, I don't think they're even in the conversation for a top 25. So for them to be where they are, for Nicole Douglas to be leading the Pac-12 and scoring for how many weeks she has, just this just says something about this team and your individual talent. So, props props to them there for for all of that, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I think I, this ASU soccer team in general is leading the entire Pac-12 in goals scored in total points because there's assists on virtually every single goal. So that's just something super cool to see. Like I know Alexia Delgado is leading the entire league in assists with what was it uh, or going into the ucla game at least she was leading the entire league in assists it, i mean it just it just shows you the quality to have at every position i mean even the defense you know they're they're, they're not going to have the stats pop off the line you know they you know defensive stats are not going to show up on the stat sheet as much but i mean carly air and doris would be up there for a conversation as some of the best defenders in the the Pac-12 for what they've done as a duo. So you got to give props to just the individual talent in all phases and the preparation they've had. So credit, credit them there. But uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier, and I, and I was curious because I was thinking about this, and I, I, I was looking for uh, – I was trying to pick your mind on this, Jerry. Are you concerned about – you know, we mentioned how they went to 16th, they lost the game, and then back to uh, – they dropped 24th and back because of the – kind of inconsistent uh, performances in those two games. Does that worry you at all? Do you think that they need to find a more consistent performances or do you think it's just them missing injuries? There's so, there's so many factors, but the, are, are you concerned about kind of their, consist, their consistency in a sense? Honestly, not, not particularly. It's, you're, it's very difficult, especially in a conference as tough and as strong as the Pac-12 to go undefeated in any season and playing your rival that, that intensifies everything even more. It's, it really is a flip of a coin on who would win any rivalry game for the most part. So I'm not too worried. You get a second shot 
against U of A later in the season. Make the most of that, and that first game will be all behind you in the past. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's just so many factors, and in a rivalry game, everything's forgotten. I mean, no matter the quality you are, whatever, anything can happen, and it just went University of Arizona's way. So I think this weekend's games are going to be a true test and tell of of where the team lies because, I mean, these two uh, two teams, they're not in the top 25 according to the polls of the U.S. soccer coach polls, but they are tough opponents that can play Arizona State well, and we've seen that in the past. And their first game on Friday is the University of, of California. And, you know, before I kick it off to you and everything, I mean, they're 4-3-1, 2-3 in conference play. This team's not high scoring. They have eight goals on the year, and they've only allowed six, though, so – not, not high scoring, and, but they, they're not a great attack, but their defense is pretty solid from at least what the stats say. So what, what challenges will this team have against this California uh, school? I mean, looking at the Cal performance, you mentioned it right there. They score a little goals, but they also don't allow many. So I think if ASU can get ahead early and put the pressure on Cal to actually force them to go and attack, I think that, that would be a very good way to look at it going forward, just kind of pressure them into making them have to play forward because we haven't seen them do too much of that this season. They only have one game where they scored multiple goals, and that was the first game of the season in a 3-1 to one victory over Oregon State, who they ended up drawing with the second time out and even got 20 shots in that second game. Yeah, it doesn't look like it'll be a shootout from the looks of it. I mean, this – is there an Arizona State attack that's been, you know, great at times, but also you know, me and Jerry have mentioned, you know, they've had their shaky moments where it's not been the best. Um, we're going against the California school whose attack has not been there too much. I mean, they've had scored the goals. I mean, they, they've gotten the results. I mean, that, that much can't be uh, denied. But at the same time, their stat sheet's not popping off. Their, their top goal scorer has three goals and three assists. It's their main player in, in Emma Weston. So, you control a player like her. After that, it's it's that they, they've had to find goals in every phase. I mean, they've they've been looking to see who can also step up. It seems like everyone else is trying to figure that out still. I mean, they have uh, five players who are on one goal, and, and after that, there's been no goal scoring. So I mean, it seems like it's very heavily dependent on that player. So it's going to be up to uh, the defense to handle her. But after that. It's going to be ASU's attack. Can you can you score against a side that's only given up six goals this year? And can you and if if you do break that open early, then I think you should be able to control the game. Yeah, and I mean, Cal's giving up point. They've given up six goals. They've given up almost two thirds of a goal a game, which is pretty impressive, honestly. Like just forcing these chances and taking advantage, as we've talked about a episode in episode out when you get these chances and shots you got to take advantage of at least a few of them here and there and to kind of give credit to ASU we talked about the Cal stats I mean Arizona State they've only given up seven goals themselves in their 10 games so I mean it's going to be a defensive battle it seems in that sense and it's not going to be high, high scoring I mean Arizona State has scored 20 goals in a year two goals a game I think if they can get that two goals that will win them this game it, it seems because I mean, where's California? Uh, California attack going to come from other than uh, was an uh, S Emma, but I mean, to me, that's going to be the, the huge thing, and I think it's also going to be the midfield. I think this midfield that we saw in University of Arizona, where it seemed shaky, 
but I mean, they bounce back in the UCLA game. Can they solidify themselves at home, you know, where they perform uh, very well? And I think their best performances have been at Sun Devil Stadium. Can they reestablish themselves as a formidable force mid midfield that can not only go forward, but also help out the attack? So I think the midfield is going to win the game in, in this one. Yeah, do you see this being another overtime game at all? Making it, what, five of the last six? <laughs> if Arizona State doesn't get a goal in the first half, absolutely. I think it's, like you mentioned, the key of this is breaking them early. If you let this uh, you, uh, University of California team come at you and kind of slow the pace of the game down, let them do their thing, then they'll, they'll be happy to go to overtime because all they need is one goal. Yes, this Cal school can generate a lot of goals, but going to overtime, you only need that one golden goal, and then that's the result for them. So I think this Cal school, I'm not going to say that they're going to play defensive and hoping to go extra time, but if they if at halftime it's zero zero, I have faith that they'll they'll put more defensive mindset mindset players in there and take their chances when it comes to extra time against a team that's played in extra time in how many games as you mentioned. So uh, at least for me, it it seems like it can be. I'm gonna have faith that they may be able to end it early, but uh, it, it, out of the two games, I think this is the most likely one going to extra time. But uh, how do you feel? Right, do you think this one's gonna head to extra time? Yeah, I could, I could see it going that way. Two teams with very strong defenses, like you said, if there's not goals in the first half, it could very easily just be park the bus, get it to overtime, hopefully get that extra or that one goal to win it in overtime. Yeah, so uh, what's your prediction of the game? You know, if you give it to uh, – or you give a slight prediction. Uh, I'm going to say 1-0 to the Sun Devils, to ASU. I think the, we'll be able to score – or they will be able to just get a goal early in the first half and kind of just show how – show why they were undefeated so late into the season and why they are technically still undefeated within the Pac-12. Yeah, I think this is going to be the game where they put the – they silence the doubts about the tag. I'm going to say 2-0. I think against a, a school like California, um, if you can put up two goals and look at their, their record and what they've done against other teams, I think that puts the other teams on notice that they don't care that if you come in, your best suit is defense. You can still attack them. So I, I'd like to see a 2-0 performance, a goal from Nicole Douglas, solidify her lead as the top goal scorer and, and you know see someone in the midfield also score. So. I'm going to have that game go to zero. But we head into the other matchup, uh, probably the, mo the more tougher matchup of the two, if we're going to be honest, is the Stanford game, which will be on Sunday. And Stanford head into this game 5-3, one and overall, conference play 4-1-0. They're, 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 uh, their tough games and losses came early in the year when they lost above Oregon and Oregon State. But ever since then, they've been looking like a, a, sol a solid – team in the conference that's no surprise because Stanford is one of those programs that you always have to watch out year in year out for soccer but I mean in their last six games they've only give up uh, given up three goals so this is another solid defensive team but they can put more goals so I think it's going to be more of a test to the defense but what challenges does this team present for you I mean I think it, at the beginning of the season USC and this game against Stanford were the two that we made note of and like these are the two games we're going to see this is might be or this is likely the two games where ASU will be tested the most Stanford won it all last year in 2019 
regardless, there wasn't really a Pac-12 2020 season. So for that reason, there was no 2020. But they won everything they could in 2019, and they are a very strong program year in, year out. And I can see them being another difficult team for ASU to play this weekend. Yeah, it's not going to be a simple one. At least out of the two, where, where the defense and goalkeeper are going to be tested, I believe it's going to be in this matchup because this uh, this uh, this Stanford school has their talents, and I think they have more of a, a, more of an attack than what the California school is at because in their game, Stanford has scored 15 goals, uh, 1.67 goals per game, and they've had a few people with multiple uh, multiple goal scores rather than the California school. Um, such as Samantha Williams with three goals for herself, Savannah Coleman with three, and then two people on two, and, and so on and so forth. So they have a few options going forward. You know, with the Cal, Cal game, we can zoom in on one player. That's going to be the key for uh, Cal to get the win and to get an attack. For the Stanford, they have multiple avenues to go. You know, they don't have someone who has as much goals as Nicole Douglas does, and it's like the bright light, but they have multiple ways to get to you. They have multiple players that they, they, they're confident in. So it's going to be interesting in that, in that aspect. Yeah. I mean, I think we're seeing the Stanford team hitting its stride. Now they started out the season with, I think two games getting postponed again, or two non-conference games getting postponed. But since then they went, they started out the season one and two, but after that, after the loss back to back against Oregon and Oregon state, they went four, one and one in their last six. So seeing a team who's getting hot at the right time, that could be a little concerning to see because we know the ability and the level of skill that the Stanford team has. And that, that, as you mentioned it, they're super deep. They can score. Anyone can almost score on that team. So just being able to stop them and slow that machine that is Stanford down. Absolutely. And they got a goalie back there who has 26 saves on the year. Um, so she's not afraid to come in there and, and put some work in if she needs to. So Katie Meyer will be someone to watch, and it's going to be an interesting goalie battle in that sense where Billy Casper versus Katie Meyer, both goalies who um, have come up big for their teams and in, in performances and had to be the reason why they are able to get a draw or a win. So that's going to be huge for the uh, game. But where is this game going to be won? I said in the Cal game it's going to be one in the midfield. Do you think it's going to be – which attack can perform better, maybe the defenses or even goalie, whichever goalie is going to step forward. I think this one's going to be more of a very attack-minded game both ways. So I could, I'm could, i going to say that it's whoever's defense can come up and slow down the opposing team's attack the most is going to have the best chance to win this game. Uh, I was going to say the same thing. It's going to be which defense and you know defensive players can step up and not only defend well, but I think also create forward opportunities. So as you said, it's going to be attacking minded. And we know how the way Coach Wingforth likes playing the points of the wingbacks and pushing it forward. So you have them and just that role. I mean, if people like Jess Hill and if Lucy Johnson returns can push the ball forward and, and be, a, be a big role in attack, it, it gives Nicole Douglas probably a better chance because they're probably going to double her up at times, maybe mark her throughout the game. So just those aspects will make the difference in this one. So defense is going to have to step up big. Uh, we typically do one player that impressed us. Well, how about our one player we want to see impress the most? Which which player has to take over this weekend for you, Jerry? Um, Ooh, it's a very 
interesting question. I haven't really thought about this other side before, <laughs> but I think the player I want to see improve or impress me the most would be Olivia Nguyen, just because she started out the season so strong, and her and Nicole Douglas seem to be one of the top two pairings in the country, or at least in the Pac-12. And she's kind of not she kind of cooled it off a little bit on the scoring side of things. So I'd love to see her get another goal and step up this week. If if the injuries still are present, correct? We don't know. We are not going to speculate on the injuries. We don't know anything about that. But if the injuries still are present, they're there. I'd like to see Talia come up big because it seemed like Talia gets to start every time when uh, if these injuries are still lingering. And she's has she's had a decent role. I'm not saying she hasn't performed well, but I'd love to see her get an assist, you know, get a goal, you know, put herself on the stat sheet, prove to herself that, hey, no, don't worry, Coach Winkworth, I got you. That 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 is set. So I think someone like her could be big. Again, that's all dependent on injuries. But uh, before we, you know, conclude, I think we had two topics to talk about here. I think one thing we didn't mention that in the UCLA game, we saw the return of Day Williams. So uh, how big is that return for the team? I mean, we've, we've seen her play pretty well. La- we saw her play pretty well last season. So, I mean, that just adds even more depth to this team that is already showing how strong and deep it is. And, I mean, we still have Nicole Soto to potentially come back as she was playing for the Mexican national team at one point. But I think Day is going to be very helpful for the rest of the season, especially if those injuries do continue to be there with the Vildon and Isabel de Hockey's. Exactly. And I mean, Corey Solomon returned. She's made an impact and she, and she improved the depth of the bench. Dave Williams, another player who can come off the bench and make her mark. I mean, wh- I mean, what more can you ask? Do you need people on the bench who can come in with, especially with the rules allowing you to sub the way that you can? I mean, that's just that much more important in these games and just putting it at the right moment, right time. But I think the great topic, the way we're going to wrap it up, we had just held last week on our podcast and she got named defensive player of the week i mean jerry what's your reaction to that and are we like a good luck charm in that aspect i mean it was an asu sweep she got yeah. defensive player of the week and i believe Corey sullivan yeah. right was offensive player of the week in the pac-12 so that's awesome to see two players who have shown and dedicated a ton of time three and four years i believe to this program. We spoke to Jess last week. She explained how big it was of her for her just playing now this year in such an important role. And this just shows how much their hard work is paying off. Absolutely. I mean, for them to sweep that, that way, it just shows how impressive that one was and, and you know, how, how well they did, did as a team. And I like to think, uh, Jerry, your, con- uh, your question, your conversation motivated her to get that uh, player of the week. So, uh, Props to you. Maybe we'll see if that is that going to be a trend. Are we going to yeah. see a trend of someone hopping on, then coming on, and then next week they're player of the week? You all, you guys all have to stay tuned for that. We'll see who's <laughs> on next. We'll see. We'll see. We'll pull out the magic. I mean, not, not going to assume anything ahead of time, but exactly. We we're not going to promise any players. We're not going to promise anything like that. But uh, it, we're off to a good start. That's what we can say, right? <laughs> that's absolutely. That's, that's the way we'll put it. That's the way we'll put it. I mean, Jerry, you know, before we wrap it up and I uh, do my outro, any final thoughts, you know, heading into this weekend about the team or just, just in general? I mean, two big games this weekend back at Sun Devil Stadium. Any ASU students who are listening to this, any ASU fans listening to this, 
get yourself down there. This team is worth watching. Two very big games, Stanford on Sunday, Cal on Friday. The crowd would be awesome to see there. Just Because we saw how big of an impact the crowd had at the Arizona game even. So getting, our, getting the ASU's own home field advantage. And it's going to be hot. It's yep. going to be really hot this weekend. So that'll be even more of a home field advantage potentially. That's another element of the game we didn't discuss, but just the heat. But uh, if, at least if you don't go this weekend, again, we're planning, we'll, we'll, we'll push for it. At least go April 16th. If you, if you don't understand, I mean, that game, they were heckled by those fans. The referee got heckled. I mean, everything, they were going hard at the players. If you want to return the favor and give Arizona State the advantage, April 16th against Arizona at Sun Devil Stadium, 8 p.m. on a Friday. I'm going to get rowdy for that game. We need as many fans in attendance. That'd be super fun to see in such a big rivalry game like that. And it truly means a lot to the players. Again, listening to the last week's podcast when we talked to Jess, she, she said to herself how much that game not only means to her, but the program. So seeing those fans and giving that them the leg up would be that much more important. So be there April 16th at the very least. Uh, Again, recommended this weekend, but that will do it for this edition of Inferno Soccer Insiders from co-host Jared Walker, myself, Edwin Perez. Thank you for listening in. Again, for any ASU soccer uh, coverage, check out InfernoInsult.com. Uh, myself, uh, Addison Combatch did the game recap mo- most recently, so check out his recap of the UCLA and how important that win was. Uh, this weekend, myself, I think I'll be doing the game recap on Friday, Jerry Walker on Sunday, so... You can expect us, Nick Seller, seeing them video and all that. So anything you need, AC Soccer coverage for the insult.com. So that will wrap it up. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week.